You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wisconsin Sports Heroics podcast on the Packernet Podcast Network. My name is Sam Holman. I'm here with my co-hosts, McQuaid Arnold, and we are here to talk some wide receivers. So, McQuaid, how are you doing today? I'm doing outstanding. Good old uh, end of the weekend. Uh, had a had a long weekend. It was good. Yeah, yeah. We've we've got a lot of a lot of receivers to cover, and one tight end. Uh, I was going to throw in there, but. We'll see uh, what we can get covered and just discuss what weapons the Packers could add in the draft. So before we did that, I just wanted to kind of discuss with you what the archetypes the Packers might be looking for in the draft, you know, what roles they want their wide receivers to fill. Obviously Devante leaving leaves a big hole there. He did a lot for the Packers offense. You know, he attacked in uh, underneath routes, intermediate routes down the sideline, pretty much anywhere, every, anywhere on the field except deep middle, that kind of thing. Um, And then you had MVS who kind of filled that deep middle, deep part of the field, that deep threat. So what are you kind of looking for the Packers to add? How many wide receivers do you think they should add to fill that, fill those needs? And what are your thoughts on that? I think that is going to be, first of all, like exactly what you said, Devontae Adams, you're not going to replace everything that he did. It's very, very, uh, long shot that we find someone that's going to do everything that Devontae Adams did especially not at the level that he did it at right so you're right finding wide receivers that can not only be a big body outside outside perimeter wide receiver kind of like what Alan Lazard is but also a a, uh in the slot um come across the middle of the field type of wide receiver like we have in uh um, Randall Cobb and then maybe you know what happens with Amari Rogers um those are two guys who kind of got on the roster right now that might be able to to do that Sammy Watkins is, is is one of those you know perimeter um, bigger body guys, but he, he's going to be out there to take the top off the defense, kind of like what Marquez Valdez-Scantling was. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But I think that, that you hit it nail on the head. I think that it's going to be um, one big body receiver and also one, um, um, you know, kind of slot guy or, or at least two big body receivers, but one of which excels in the slot. And I think there's a few guys that will go over in this draft that kind of fits that role. Yeah, kind of just the way I think about it is, and this is kind of where, you know, I'm a big, you know, I'm really interested in defense, the defensive side. So I kind of think of it from that paradigm, but I think of it as like, what, what does this receiver do to attack space, right? Like MVS, he attacks this, he attacks the defense by stretching the field, by making them making them unable to you know, pin down underneath routes, that kind of thing. Devonte can basically you know, stretch the space horizontally, vertically, pretty much anywhere on the field. And so the way I think of it is not in traditional, like, you know, this guy's an X receiver, this guy's a Z receiver or a slot receiver. Just how do they, how do they stress the defense? 
I think it's I think that's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how they incorporate who they get in this offseason also with the schemes that Matt LaFleur implements because you know that I'm not going to even close to, to correlate what Matt LaFleur did at the end of Devonta Adams time in Green Bay to what Mike McCarthy was before he left because Mike McCarthy was 100% win your route the way that the playbook says and don't scheme at all like that's near the end of he didn't do any scheming Matt LaFleur is a scheme master however I think there was a little bit of Matt LaFleur letting Devonte Adams just do the route and win because he know he can. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we saw in that playoff game against the Niners, you know, we were, there was maybe two or three or four examples of Rogers throwing to Devonte Adams on a route that was not covered when there may have been one or two or three other receivers open, but he threw it to Devonte Adams because he was the best player on the field. Um, and just, you know, that, that specific example didn't necessarily work out in our favor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it'll be interesting to see what the Packers do to fill that need. But we're going to go over, I don't know, I think about 10, 9 or 10 different receivers. So we'll go ahead and get started. So McQuaid, I believe the first guy or one of the first guys on your list was Chris Olave. And I know he's been a draft darling for the Packers for a while for uh, Green Bay fans. So what did you see in him? What do you like about his game? So I like so. One of the hardest things to do in the in the transition from the NFL to college, excuse me, from college to the NFL is uh, route running. Um, taking your route running skills from the college level to the NFL level and then applying them in a way that's going to help you win the uh, uh, matchups and get open in the field. However, if there was ever a player, ever a wide receiver, to, to make that transition as easy as possible, it is Chris Olave. He is in an absolute monster when it comes to route running, exactly what Devontae Adams was. Um, um, when he left Green Bay, and obviously he will be in in in, in Vegas. Um, his route running is what's going to put him apart. Now, what I'm worried about with Chris Olave is that he's 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 kind of fallen into to being the the uh for for many teams, especially in middle of the first round, the guy, the wide receiver, right? I feel like everyone's in love with Chris Olave. People. Are gonna every fan of every wide receiver need team wants him on their team. So would that lead to a possible team reaching for him, or maybe a general manager feeling the need to reach for him when they don't necessarily have to? Not because he isn't worth it, but because there's someone else that you can get at your draft pick who may serve your team just as well, if not better, and still not have to give up a second or third or fourth round draft pick to do so. Uh, with that being said, I love Chris Olave. If he came to uh, Green Bay, I would love it. It would be it would be. It, awesome you know um that type of route running to have right after right after Devonta adams left he's he's a um i don't have the uh measurables right in front of me um, i think he ran a four three six right so he's a he, fast guy he's extremely fast i can't i don't have his height on me but i but i believe he's over six feet mm-hmm. uh so he he qualifies you know quote unquote as, as you know one of those big body guys but he also is gonna be that guy that can that can win in the middle of the field uh, but you think about the, the, the teams that are going to pick before us, the Saints twice, the Eagles twice, yeah. the Jets twice. Uh, all those teams need a wide receiver, and he could very well go to one of them. But he is going to be one of the best route runners uh, in the league for the foreseeable future, barring any crazy injury. Yeah, I think I think he's probably my dream pick at 22. I, on the offensive side, I think I – you know, like I said, I'm a big fan of the defense, so I would love to see them add some pieces there. But on uh, for a wide receiver, he's probably one of my favorites just because he's he seems like such a complete player, right? He's got that route running ability. He's not, you know, confined to the slot necessarily. And then he's got that speed. So if there's someone who can come close enough to by himself filling some of those needs that the Packers have, I think Olave is probably going to be that. I don't 
I'm not saying he's going to be Devontae Adams from day one. Obviously, there's going to be some sort of transition as he wins Aaron Rodgers or the trust of the quarterback. Um, but just he's he's got so many tools in his tool belt to win in the NFL. I would love to see him on the Packers. Um, another guy I'd love to see on the Packers is George Pickens out of Georgia. So I was watching his film earlier this uh, evening. Uh, I had a little extra time, but he is just, like I said, I, I don't usually view wide receivers or I don't really view them as traditionally, you know, X or Z receivers or anything like that. But he is like the, the uh, archetypal archetypal X receiver. He's big. He can win against press. He's got just violent feet, quick feet. He can bat down punches from uh, court from cornerbacks who are trying to press him. He's got some really nice deep speed. His route running is really nice. Um, I thought there was some great nuance there. Um, he's a guy, you know, if you want to replace that kind of the way Devontae Adams would attack the outside in the middle of the field and then just give you a little bit of juice on the on those deep routes, I think he would be a great fit. And then he's just he's just nasty in, in the best type of way. Uh, he I wrote down I was kind of writing down some notes on my scouting report for him. And I wrote down every day he wakes up and chooses violence. Um, he everything he does is just aggressive attacking, you know, even blocking. There's clips that you see on Twitter where he just goes up, you know, kind of does a little shimmy like he's going to break. He just slams the guy and the guy and the guy just falls down and just love to see that mentality. He's a dog. Um, yeah, I, I really like this guy and uh, he, he would be an option. I think I know there are definitely some injury concerns. I need to mention that he uh, had an ACL Terry was recovering from that. Most of the year he got in the last couple games and for the playoffs, <laughs> Um, but that's definitely a concern and probably one of the reasons he's going to fall out of the first round. But okay. Did you have any thoughts on Pickens? Um, so he is, so like, like you said, right. Regarded as possibly one of the best wide receivers in the draft. However, how could he fall out of the first round? It's exactly that the injury concerns. However, there's five guys who, who are, excuse me, four guys who I think green Bay is a no doubter. If they're there at 22, you take them and you don't even ask questions. There is a fifth one that is, you 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 think that that is that is a good choice, uh, but you're still kind of hesitant. George or George Pickens is none of those five guys, and it's simply because of that injury concern. And just we yeah. haven't seen much on him over the last year. But he's six three, two hundred pounds, four four seven forty. Uh, his vertical is thirty three inches. He he's he's an, an athletic monster. And then what you said to his um, uh, attitude, he was I believe he was the player in the national championship game this year or the the the, the play in game. Uh, against Michigan, where he lined up against Daxon Hill, looked at the the Michigan crowd, looked back at Daxon Hill, knocked him on his butt the second the play started, and then looked back at the Michigan Michigan crowd. <laughs> That's that type of Jair Alexander attitude yeah. that you have on offense, and I agree with that. I, I like George Pickens a lot. Yeah, I think I remember that snap from uh, when I was watching him. He's he's a fun player to watch. Yep. Um, and I believe so. Moving on to your next guy, uh, that's Garrett Wilson, right? Chris Olave's teammate. Yep. So Wilson, he's the other one that, that is going to compete with Garrett Wilson as, excuse me, as with Chris Olave as a top wide receiver in the draft. Um, what's, what's interesting about these two is that they um, came from the same team, came the same offense, but they kind of uh, come on each other in, in, in different ways. Right. Um, he's a splash play receiver that, that, that could be, could, could use his tools in the NFL uh, for years. Now he's not as, as, um, um, route running savvy as Chris Olave is. However, his balance um, is, is, excuse me, his speed and his balance allows him to take the top off the defense. Um, 
he's going to be one of those guys that you kind of maybe like a Sammy Watkins type, but possibly a little bit better. You don't, you don't think of Sammy Watkins as someone who could necessarily run, run a great route and, and, uh, um, um, win over the middle, but he will take the top off the defense. A lot of times he will win. Garrett Wilson is that. And then some, he will take the top off the defense. He will win the jump balls. Um, kind of reminds me a little bit of a, of a Justin Jefferson type wide receiver. Now I understand Jefferson, Justin Jefferson is a great, uh, great wide receiver. However, not often do you see Justin Jefferson across the middle of the field. Lots of times I, I saw him making plays on the, on the, um, um, you know, 15 plus yards out. Uh, I like Gary Wilson a lot. I think that he, he is definitely one of those guys, th- those four guys for sure, that if he's there at um, uh, 22, you take him, you don't ask questions, and maybe you do a backflip afterwards. Uh, <laughs> however, I think that he is one of the – he's for me, he's, you know, that fourth guy. Out of the four, he's number four for me, but I do mm. I do like him a lot. Yeah, and I, from what I've heard of him, you know, he – like you said, he does have a distinct skill set from Olave. Um, my, like I said, I haven't watched them super closely, but from my impression, Olave, he's a little more that route runner. He can't give you as much after the catch, whereas Wilson is a little bit more of that weapon where he can get yards after catch, break tackles, that kind of thing. Is that the the same impression that you have of him? One hundred percent. So, so Chris Olave, you're, you're, I, I'm glad you brought that up. Chris Olave will, will will run the great route. He will make the catch and then maybe get up a little bit, but he'll then get tackled. Right? Not all the time. I'm not saying that's who he is, but that's 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 kind of the the the, the persona that um, Chris Olave has. With, with Garrett Wilson, he'll catch a deep ball and he'll break the tackle to score a touchdown. You know what I mean? Like he's 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 yeah. big. Um, and and I, I like Garrett Wilson a lot for that. Um, he's going to be one of the best wide receivers in this draft. Yeah. Yeah. I've a lot of places I've seen, I've been uh, having him the first receiver off the board. So that's kind of the level of talent we're talking about. Yep. All right. So my guy, he's another guy who has a lot of physical talent. Um, He's made a little bit less refined. Uh, It's Christian Watson out of North Dakota state university. So this is a guy I actually uh, did a film review of recently, put a video up on YouTube. I was actually a little bit surprised going into, or when, when I finished the review, just by his, his general, his understanding of the wide receiver position and his ability to play the game at a fairly high level, right? I kind of went in expecting him, expecting him to be the receiver version of Rashawn Gary coming out, where he's, he's raw, he still needs to learn how to play the position, but there's just these massive physical traits that it's just, it's very enticing to bet on. Um, like I said, I was surprised he's like, I, I saw him, you know, legitimately running good routes, sinking his hips, turning, changing direction really quickly. Some, some pretty decent stuff. I think that, so I think that in a sense, some people are underrating his ability in that area. Um, the senior bowl, his senior bowl film, just in one on one drills and the actual game really helped me see that because he was beating press, which he didn't have to do a lot in the games I watched uh, of North Dakota state's season. He was beating press. He was getting different releases off. He was winning on route running, not just physical ability, which I think is important, but then his, his just physical attributes. He is fast. I think he ran a four, three, six, similar to a lave, but he's fast. He's six, five, 200 plus pounds. He's just a monster. Um, He's a guy I said that I think I said this on Twitter or in my video, but I would not be opposed to the Packers taking him in the first round. I don't think he's a pick at 22. I think he still needs to refine his route running a bit, even with, you know, what I said, but I could see him going at 28. If, you know, they decide to take a safety or edge rusher or defensive tackle at 22. 
I think that, 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 that Christian Watson is one of those guys that has shot up the draft board so much over the last, um, since the, since the season ended, since the college yeah. season ended, he, uh, his RAS score was, was, was like 9.9. Yeah. <laughs> ridiculous out of 10, right? He was voted best wide receiver at the, at the, uh, the senior bowl, um, that, that was played a few months ago. He's, he's, he played for North Dakota State University, which is which is a a knock against him, not his fault, but it's a knock against him because he wasn't playing against Big Ten or SEC def- defenses his whole career. He was playing against guys on defense that are going to go and worry about their business education afterwards, not necessarily playing for the NFL. However, everything that we've seen from him from then and then beyond then has been just absolutely ridiculous. This is this is one of those guys that if Green Bay does not take a wide receiver with at number twenty two. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing them seeing them take him at 28, like you said in the first round. Yeah. Now that's you know that uh, see how the draft board falls if they take at 28. If they take Gary, uh, uh, Christian Watson over maybe like, like Chris Olave, it might be some issues there. However, I don't see that happening. Uh, I don't see I don't see Chris Olave lasting that long. Yeah, uh, but but still, you, this is a, this is a guy that is, is so good that I don't think he's going to be there at 53. So if you have a chance to get him at 28 and you're happy with your pick at 22 grab him right and then mm. on top of that even if you take a wide receiver at 22 and and christian watson is there at 28 and you're and, and you're that in love with him double down on the wide receiver yeah. take two in the first round because christian watson is that darn good and just has that much darn potential just based on raw talent right you want to talk mm-hmm. about raw talent gary uh rashawn gary he's gonna be he's gonna be an example for green bay for years yeah. he was just a monster physically talent wise um and it took him a few years to get ready, but look where he is right now, right? That could be Christian Watson, if not this year, in the next couple of years, and then worry about the other positions in the, with your second two picks. Yeah, I checked. It looks like uh, the number, some of the numbers are unofficial, but based on those, he ran it, he had a 9.98 RS score. It's Just crazy. Absolutely insane. Just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's, a, it's an interesting conversation on value. Christian Watson provides a little bit of an interesting conversation on that. Because I think coming into the league, you know, obviously there's connection with the quarterback that he's got to build. But I think coming into the league, he can give you about the same level of deep threat as MVS. Plus, he's actually like a monster after the catch, right? He can break tackles. He's got speed to just erase angles. So I think that, you know, some people don't necessarily want to spend a first round pick on a guy who may be a little more raw, but you know, MVS with better run after catch, is that worth, worth a first round pick? In my opinion, it is, but I think that kind of speaks to the different conceptions people have on value for just draft picks in general. Right. Like, yep. Yeah. Because, you know, going back, I don't know the exact numbers, but Green Bay averaged like almost a touchdown more points when MVS was in there as when he uh, compared to when he wasn't. And so I think that's, you know, valuable. That deep threat is, you know, a seven point spread, I think is worth a first round pick if you want to say it that way. Um, And this is kind of a little bit of a tangent, but I think that's, um, that's another reason why I think someone like Jordan Davis, who may not have, who may be kind of one dimensional a little bit, kind of more run stuffer, does have value, right? Like if he allows you to play in nickel all the time and get Jair Alexander on the field on like 15 to 20 more snaps a game, that's probably two or three more stops a game. And that could completely change the the way your defense plays as in, and is perceived. So it's just, it's just an interesting question about value and, you know, someone doesn't have to be perfect in all areas of the game to be valuable in the first round. And that's that's what people are going to talk about, right? If you, if we take him at twenty eight, it might be a 
uh, a reach, right? But if we take him at 53, it's a whole, it's an absolute steal, right? So yeah. somewhere in between there, unless you're going to trade up, you got to make that decision if, if it's if it's worth it to go at 28 rather than 53. And if he, and, he, and you're right, Marquez Valdez Scaling produced that seven point spread on most games that he was in, uh, and a lot of times what he wasn't even he wasn't catching the balls. He yeah, wasn't, he didn't do anything specifically. He was just on the field, his presence there, and that's exactly what what Christian Watson would bring. Yeah, and it's just interesting how we, you know, maybe we we aren't looking or not us like on the podcast, but just people in general and maybe us included, but we aren't looking at value in maybe the most accurate way. Just some, an interesting thought I kind of had floating around, but anyway, enough of my tangents. Um, I believe the next guy you wanted to talk about was Drake London, correct? Yes. Drake London. So he is, is, is one of my favorite receivers in this draft. I like Drake London a lot. Um, so he's six foot four, 220 pounds. He's huge. He's a massive <laughs> human being, right? He's, and, and he should, he should be playing tight end type of thing or type of position. However, um, he's not, he's playing wide receiver and he's doing it really, really, really well. Um, how there there's there, but there there's been, there's some red, red flags there, right? Uh, he's, he's by far still my favorite receiver in this draft. Right. Mm, However, yeah. oftentimes when you see guys that are, that are, that are this good or, or this big and they're, and they're winning, um, the, 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 uh, rumors or the 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 feel around them is everyone's in love with them, just like they are with Chris Olave, right? I have not seen much of anything on on social media or or internet in general of the love for for Drake London. I know that he's dealt with with a few lower body injuries. I think there was an ankle that he was involved with sometimes. But in my opinion, this guy he should be getting uh, Calvin Johnson out of college type of type of hype. Like I mean, that's how big, that's how strong he is. His 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 um, catchability at the point, um, or at the highest point is, is just ridiculous. There, there's some questions about his separation ability, but I think that's hogwash. I think that he can <laughs> separate with, with, with the best of them. Um, I, he, he, I don't think he, I think he was supposed to do a pro day on April 15th. I didn't see the results from that. If that did happen. Yeah. Uh, but he's someone that, that is, was, was, is widely projected to go in the top 10, maybe even mm-hmm. to the jets at number six, I believe they pick at. Uh, but also a lot of people think that, Green, that he could even be there for Green Bay at number 28, right? This guy is, is a guy that is all over the board, um, but he's huge. He's a big body outside uh, perimeter receiver, something that Green Bay would absolutely love. And if he's there at 22, you take him, you don't ask any questions. Uh, but it's just, it's just, it's curious to me to see um, so, so little hype about this guy who I think deserves to have that Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson type hype coming out of college. And then Lastly, his blocking ability. We've seen a ton of times uh, in the middle of the field um, and then it's on run plays. His blocking ability is just as good as Alan Lazard or the guy we just brought in, Sammy Watkins. Um, he, he, he blocks to the best of them. He seems like like the full um, uh, perimeter wide receiver per type of player that you would want on your team, right? Maybe not yeah. necessarily the, the Randall Cobb across the middle type of guy that Devontae Adams did bring to the offense. But everything else, he is. Um, he's going. You're going to be able to throw the ball, throw up the ball to him, and he's going to be able to come down with it more times than not. Um, he's. He's. I, I love this dude. I really love this dude. It, it just honestly baffles me to see where he is in this in this offseason program, offseason hype. And I get it. Maybe you know the hype that I've seen maybe different than the hype that someone else has seen. It's just. But I've been out there. I've been searching it, and, and yeah. Drake is just not. Maybe he is that that top ten wide receiver, but it's not a consensus thing. And I'm just really interested to see where he goes on draft night. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. 
What's us days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular, exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at Aruba.com. Yeah, no, that that is an interesting observation. I mean, I think that uh, within my kind of sphere of social media, um, a lot of the people who are covering the draft are assuming that he's not going to fall to the Packers, right? That he's going to go top 15, be possibly the first receiver off the board. So I think that might be part of it. And then, like you said, there are some, there are people who have been asking questions about separation. And like you said, I, you know, other, I haven't watched a whole lot of him, but other people I respect who have, you know, watched a lot of his film have basically said that that's, you know, like you said, that's nonsense. Um, a lot of the, you know, contested catch stats are partially due to bad quarterback play. Right. Um, so just another reminder that you can't always trust stats just in a vacuum. Um, but yeah, I agree. He's a, he, he sounds like a great wide receiver prospect. Uh, I would love to see the Packers take, take him at 22. I mean, it, it seems like the board's not going to fall that way, but who knows? That's what we say every year, and it feels like there's always someone who falls. Yep, yep. All right, so my next guy, kind of moving on to the first round for me, I know you have some first-round-ish wide receivers that you wanted to cover, um, is Alex Pierce. So he's a guy who's kind of become a darling of the Packers community on social media just in the past few months or past few weeks, more likely. Um, but he's a wide receiver out of Cincinnati. He's another big guy uh, above six feet. Um, he operated both out of the slot and in the perimeter. So he has a little bit of shiftiness. I liked his ability to run underneath routes, um, but his, his primary spot was mainly as an outside receiver and that's that's where a lot of his highlight plays come from. He when he's able to beat press or get a free release, he has a lot of good deep speed to just get down the sideline. He is great attacking the ball in air, ball in the air. He can make contested catches. He can make back shoulder catches. He's really fun to watch in that regard. 
I think that, I mean, I think I might be a little lower on him than some others are just because I'm a little worried about his ability to get off press from outside outside position. I, I felt like it was a little inconsistent. And so I, you know, I've seen some people, you know, saying, oh, the Packers should take him at in the second round. I don't know if I'm that high on him. I would say more around a third round pick, but that's just me. Um, just cause I think he'll, I don't think he'll be able to contribute immediately. I think he'll need some adjustment time while he kind of refines his release game, refines his ability to get off press. Some of his intermediate route running was also a question for me, but yeah, he's a, he's a really fun receiver to watch. You know, he's got a, he's got a little bit of shiftiness, a little bit of stuff after the catch. He's got that deep speed and contested catch ability. Um, but I, I think that, yeah, third round feels about right for me. Uh, did you have any thoughts on him? Have you watched much of his game? Yep. So, so I think that, that for me, I think he's a second round player. I, I understand yeah. that maybe it varies between second or third round. The thing that, that, that stuck out to me the most about Alex Pierce is that he's, he was flagged one time in his mm. college career, right? He is a very, very smart football player. Now the Jordy Nelson comparisons that I've seen, I, I don't know that that's that you've, if you've heard that much or not, but yeah, I've seen those 100% Jordy Nelson comparisons between Alex Pierce and, and, and Jordy Nelson, the, you, when you think of Jordan Nelson, you, you didn't really think of take the top off the defense speed, nor did you really think of of um, incredible route running like Devontae Adams. He, he wasn't really either one of those things, but he was a good mix of both, and he was just extremely smart at playing the ball. That is a huge thing that I love about Alex Pierce that that that, that Jordan Nelson brought to the game. I don't know if I don't know if Alex Pierce will ever be the yeah. true number one best wide receiver in football type of, type of player. However, neither really was Jordan Nelson. Jordan Nelson, mm-hmm. oh, I love him to death. There's no shade on Jordan Nelson. However, I don't think there was any one season where he was maybe considered the best guy in all of the NFL. However, him and Aaron Rodgers had a lethal, lethal connection for years that destroyed defenses. Um, and then on top of that, he, he, he grew up a Packers fans. And Monopoly, yeah. <laughs> uh, which, you know, that, that, that comparison is going to be there. Um, and he's just he's gonna he's gonna run the right route. He's gonna read the defense. He's going to get open based on based on his speed and his route running, but also his mental fortitude. And he knows where to be and when to be there. That's exactly what Jordy Nelson was. Um, I think that he's going to be he, he's what six three, two hundred fifteen pounds ish. Yeah. So he's he's a big guy. He's gonna be able to line up wherever you want him. Um, I like Alex Pierce a lot. I think he has mm-hmm. a I think he has a true Jordan Nelson upside and and, and not a very uh, not a very low floor. I think his floor is yeah. still pretty. Yeah, and I should I should clarify that when I, when I saw him having trouble against like press coverage, it was more inconsistency than just being bad against it. Like some mm-hmm. of his best plays come against press, where he just gets a nice release, gets the hands away, and just rockets up the sideline, catches a contested pass or back shoulder pass. So he has that capability. I think he just needs time to develop that. And so that, especially in kind of where Green Bay is and a win-now situation a little bit, I don't view that as uh, as as valuable as maybe some other wide receivers. But like you said, he has, he has a lot of talent. I could definitely see the upside. And I, honestly, I like his game, just not maybe as much as other people do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe, so your next guy was Jamison Williams, correct? Jamison Williams out of Alabama, the, the, the perennial number one wide receiver in this year's draft moments prior to his ACL tear <laughs> in the national championship game. Um, and, and even he's, he still might be, he still might be the first wide receiver taken off the board. And, and even, even though that team knows that he might not play until October, November timeframe, we, we, we just, we just don't know. Uh, but Jamison Williams is, he, he's just, 
he makes fast people look not fast. If you want to put it in the most layman terms possible, he's yeah. one of the most of wide receivers in the NFL. He had 79 receptions for 1500 yards, 79 receptions. Think about that in, in uh, NFL terms, right? Like to get 1500 yards, you're having wide receivers get 120 catches maybe, right? I get his college, but you're talking about 40 less catches to get just as many, if not more yards and 15 touchdowns. This guy is an absolute monster when it comes to deep threat ability. Uh, not only that, he can take the um, um, uh, top off the defense after the football or after, excuse me, after the catch, his, his yards after catch is just ridiculous. Um, he's, he's not only has he been this good, but he's been good against good teams. He, 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 he shredded Georgia's defense, who was one of the best defenses in, in, in the league. He consistently put up big numbers um, in, uh, against SEC defenses. When he, when he plays well, he plays well against good teams, right? Which gives you hope that this guy is going to come in the NFL and just be one of those Alabama players that just did well against the Mercer teams or, you know, the <laughs> South Alabama teams they play every year that somehow they still wind up on Alabama schedule, but that's a different story <laughs> for a different day. Um, but, you know, he's playing well against great wide receivers, excuse me, against great defense. And he's going to be someone that, that either falls to Green Bay at 22 because of that ACL tear and Green Bay takes him at 22 and knowing that they're not going to get him until midway through the season. Um, or he's going to be a guy, he's going to be to the Jets at number six or, or uh, you know, to the Saints or to the Eagles at number 14 or whatever pick they, they have. It's, he's he's going to be in the first round for sure. It's, it's, I'm interested to see as, as to where, uh, but his his ability, he's, he's a superstar. He's going to be a superstar in this league when he's healthy and his first full season league is going to be insane. Yeah, I, was able, I wasn't able to watch a lot of him, just about a game and a half. But yeah, like you said, his speed is just crazy. That. And that's the clear way he wins, but he's, he's also good at other stuff. Like he's got some release stuff. He can get off press fairly well. He can run routes fairly well. So he's a, he's a pretty complete receiver, but you know, that speed is just kind of the next, the thing that really sets him apart. And with his injury, I'm, I may be mistaken in this, but I feel like I heard around like his pro day or the combine then update that he was ahead of schedule with that injury and could possibly be ready fairly early on next season. Yep. No, you're, you're hundred percent correct. Actually one hour ago on Twitter, right? So we're live time right now on this podcast. <laughs> Alliance sports posted a, a, on Twitter, a video of him. It's a, um, at Alliance underscore sports. I believe it's the, the, his, his, um, agent or, or, you know, whoever that he's rehabbing with posted it. Um, but they tagged out, they, they tagged uh, Ian Rapport, Adam Schefter in it. And they posted this video. He's running, it's a two minute video. He's running 85% on this field. He's doing high knees. He's doing lunging exercises. He's squatting, uh, albeit lightweight. He's squatting. Um, he's 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 doing things right yeah. right on the NFL right now. Right now, I'm watching a video of him right this second. He's hurdling over hurdles. Right. Nice. Uh, his knee is 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 ahead of schedule to say the least. Right now, yeah. You still can't make on him being ready for week one, and you still I will still won't make on him being ready sure. for the first month or so of the season. But this kid is his rehab is going insane, and and and. You know, you see, you know, twenty-year-olds right now, um, you know, rehab from from injuries that it would take a fifty-year-old months to, to recover. <laughs> so it, it, it's insane to see what he's doing right now. If you have a chance to check out that that video, do it. But Jamison Williams, his rehab is going way better than planned, and he'll be ready. Nice. He'll he'll play this year. He will. Nice. That's that's great to hear. Um, yeah, he could definitely be a value pick if they were able to get in them, get him in the second round. I mean, that would be a dynamite replacement for MVS, possibly even better than MVS, considering how complete, 
how how complete his game is, uh, relatively speaking. Um, so moving out of the wide receiver room a little bit, I just wanted to touch on a tight end prospect here, um, Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin, because I know that's going to you know sell to all the all the Wisconsin people. Um, so I actually enjoyed his film a fair amount. Um, he's 6'4", 244 pounds, so he's a big receiver. They used him in line and a little sometimes offset. Um, but he was a lot of times he was in line and kind of what what I would envision his role as if he was drafted by the Packers would be as a down the road replacement for um, Mercedes Lewis, just kind of as that inline blocking tight end who can give you some stuff after the catch. I thought he was actually uh, Ferguson was actually pretty good after the catch. He has a little bit of shiftiness, even though he's big, um, but just kind of give you that blocking. I, I thought his blocking was good. Still could be refined a little bit, but in general, he was, a pretty ferocious blocker, uh, even if it wasn't, you know, always technically sound. Um, but he was a fun player. I think, you know, third or fourth round, if the Packers want to reinforce, give a little bit of depth to that tight end room, especially since some of the guys they have, like uh, Dominique, uh, yeah, Daphne and uh, Josiah DeGuara, are a little more that H-back type, that fullback type. I think that, that, that Green Bay is going to take a wide receiver in this year's draft or undrafted free agent. That's going to be a, a focal, fo- focus point of this, of this offseason, right? And if you, for no other reason, as just security blanket for yeah. whatever happened with Robert Tanyan, right? He came back this year. He had that career year in 2020. Well, 2021 did not start off great and then got hurt. Yeah, uh, They have hope for Robert Tanyan, but they can't rely on him to be the guy. So they're going to take a guy. And if, 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 uh, Ferguson's there. Jake Ferguson is there in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. Even I would take him hundred percent. Take a chance. Yeah. Like Jake Ferguson is a guy that 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 knows how to be the t- the tight end on the team. He mm-hmm. knows how to be the tight end on a team that is he- run heavy, uh, which Green Bay figures to be for you know for the most <laughs> yeah. part. Sometimes you still have Aaron Rodgers, but you, but gosh darn, you can't you can't ignore Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon in that backfield. Um, I think that Jake Ferguson would be elite on this, uh, on this, on this team going forward and, and give him time to, to grow into that role. Yeah. And I don't know if you've heard this, but Jake Ferguson is actually Barry Alvarez's grandson. I, I hear that's I not mentioned a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Only, oh, only yeah. once or twice per game last year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. every Wisconsin broadcast they're uh, mentioning that um but yeah i i think his game is really nice he's got a great all-around skill set he can run routes pretty well he's decent speed decent size decent blocking just all-around good player so final receiver here i believe uh, mcquade was Traylon burks correct yes Traylon burks so earlier in the podcast i said that there was four guys i would take at number 22 no matter what and then there was a fifth guy that i was kind of questioning about Traylon burks is that fifth guy the four other guys were london and williams Olave and Wilson, right? Those four mm-hmm. guys that they're there at 22, you take them and you don't even think questions or you don't even think twice. Traylon Burks is the guy that is there at 22. Traylon Burks is the guy that's there at 28. You take him, you don't ask any questions. If there's 22, there's some hesitation, right? Yeah. Traylon Burks, he's six foot two, he's 225 pounds. He's a four-star recruit coming out of high school. He's he's a, a an athletic monster, right? He there, there's no denying that, right? Last year he had 66 catches for 1100 yards and 11 touchdowns. He was the guy on uh, on Arkansas's offense all, all year long um he's he, he's he's a good good player right however the thing that worries me the most is his route running right his biggest weakness is his route running um to, he has shown the ability to make may, maybe make one cut after catching the ball and that's about it right when you think of one cut you think of running backs you don't think of wide receivers wide receivers need to be able to do their thing in the open field 
Um, it kind of reminds me of a more stiff DK Metcalf. You know, you mm. know, even as of right now, DK Metcalf is, is very much kind of seems like a go guy, but he's so big and so monster that he, he can he makes that work in the NFL. And we've obviously seen that over the last couple of seasons. Traylon Burks, you don't really he's not really that big, not really that monstrous as, as that that DK Metcalf is. And in my opinion, he's a little bit more uh, uh, tight, a little bit more um, less elusive than DK Metcalf, mm. which is kind of. So that so that yeah. was that's the reason why why I uh, am kind of hesitant on him. If he's there at twenty eight, you take him. You don't you don't even think twice. There at twenty two, might might be a little bit of a of a stretch for me. Yeah, now that's that's interesting. Um, and what I've seen of his film, or not necessarily what I've seen of his film, but in other people I've read or you know heard from, um, they do. It seems like a the run after catch. They some people believe that is a fairly big part of his skill set. Do you think that's more due to his speed, less than like his shiftiness and that kind of thing? I think it's due to his speed and his ability that he he's been able to ball over people in the, in, mm. in college that that is weren't as big as him, right? Six yeah. foot two, two hundred twenty five pounds is a monster in the in, in, in <laughs> college, right? Um, but in the NFL, you need it's not just bowl someone over. It's not just be the the biggest man out there because they're a safety. Yeah take your head off right dk metcalf is kind of one of those guys that he, dude, who, 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 no matter who you are as a safety he might take you dk metcalf might win that battle right yeah but also we've seen dk metcalf grow his route running ability and grow into mm-hmm. being a more elusive wide receiver than just the one cut guy or the straight down the field guy uh burks is not known for his clean route runnings and not shown the ability to make consistent nfl wide receiver cuts right which is what i read off of his profile um, and then those cuts being run after the catch right now, his run after the catch, maybe like catch it and then go right. Mm, yeah. and catch it and weave like, you know, between a few defenders like Chris Olave would. Um, I like, I like Traylon Burks and, I, and I'm not trying to, 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 sure. I think he's going to be successful in this league. I think that he just has a lot more growing to do than, than the other four do. I still do think he's, he's a first round wide receiver. I think he's end of first round, maybe, maybe early second round. Mm. Um, but I just I don't think that he's one of those clear cut guys that he's if he's there at twenty two you, you you take him and don't don't ask any questions. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, I know that some people have compared him to Debo Samuel. I don't know how accurate that is, but I think it's also important to remember that that type of player doesn't always work out. Um, in the Jacksonville, actually, Lavisca Chenault, he has not done uh, really well with the Jaguars. Just I haven't watched the Jaguars super close. Um, obviously, I mean. Last season, I don't know many people who would watch the Jaguars out of their own free will, right? Um, nope. But yeah, he just he he struggled a bit, and so I think that his situation is definitely important with these guys, and we have to remember that. Um, just because Debo Samuel has had success, that kind of player has had success in San Francisco, doesn't necessarily mean that someone like Traylon Burks, who may or may not be up the the caliber of player that Debo is they may not work out in in the NFL or I shouldn't say in the NFL but it, it depends on where they go uh, yep. their career will will be shaped by that 100% yeah all right well did you have anyone else you wanted to talk about here no but I have one more thing I do want to say okay sure so, so going forward right Green Bay picks at 22 and 28 in this first round right mm-hmm. 21 picks prior that's a lot of picks to worry about right 
Now I'm gonna, I want to, I did an article earlier uh, for Wisconsin Sports Heroics about the wide receiver needy teams who pick above Green Bay. And it was shocking to me, absolutely shocking to see the teams that need a wide receiver to pick above Green Bay. Now, these, some of these teams are wide receiver is their number one priority. And some of these teams are wide receiver is number two or three were priority. However, it's still a priority for this team. I'm going to read yeah. them off to you. Number two, who picked number two overall, Detroit Lions. Now, I don't think they're going to take a wide receiver. However, after Amon Ra, um, you know, it's kind of a question mark. Quintez, he was out of Wisconsin. I'm going to throw some love at him because he was a badger and I love him. However, I don't know how well he's going to do in that offense. I don't, I don't know how much of a role he's going to play in 2022. But wide receiver is definitely a need for, for the Packers. The Houston Texans at number three, they have a wide receiver need outside of Brandon Cooks. They don't really have anyone. New York Jets who pick at four and ten. They have a huge wide receiver. If, if there was ever a team in the NFL who have a bigger wide receiver need than the Green Bay Packers, it is the New York Jets. Atlanta Falcons who pick at number eight. They had just lost Calvin Ridley. They don't have – Yeah. They, they have Kyle Pitts, the tight end. That's yeah. about it. I don't know who else they have at wide receiver. Number yeah. 11, the Washington Commanders. They have um, uh, Terry McLaurin who they got to worry about paying. But after him, I don't know who they have. And on top of that, I don't know if they even pay Terry McLaurin because I don't know if the general manager is going to want to do that. Uh, the Houston Texans again at number 13. We just went over them. The Baltimore Ravens, they are a wide receiver needy team. Now, there's, a, there's an example of one of them who wide receiver may not be their number one need, but is definitely a need. And if, and if a guy maybe like Drake London falls to them at 13, I don't know if they can pass that up. And you got Philadelphia who picks at 14 and uh, 18 after their trade with the, the Saints. Um, excuse me, 15 and 18. The Eagles pick at 15 and 18. They have a big wide receiver need. They have the, the great wide receiver, Devonta Smith, Devonta Smith, who came out of Alabama last year. Uh, and then after that, I think they have Jalen Rager, who they picked over, I think, Justin Jefferson last year. Or <laughs> yeah. And, and that's a, one of their biggest regrets. So that's – they have definitely – I think the, the wide receiver need is right up there with the number one need for them. And then the New Orleans Saints, who pick at 16 and 19. They, they have a big wide receiver. They have Michael Thomas coming back this year, who missed most or all of last year. However – after Michael Thomas, they, it's a barren wasteland. They have no one who stepped up last year for them at wide receiver. And so it is almost guaranteed that they take a wide receiver in the first couple rounds in this year's draft, if not the first round. And then the New England Patriots at 21. I know that they traded for Devontae Parker from the Miami Dolphins, but after him, there's not much right home about it. I think that Nikhil Harry is one of their top wide receivers, and he had like 200 yards last year, wide receiving total. Um those that is 13 draft picks held by nine different teams that yeah. all pick before Green Bay at 22. If you tell me the Green Bay isn't considering moving up in this year's draft, you've got to be crazy to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say it's gonna happen or guarantee to happen, but holy smokes, <laughs> there's a lot of teams, a lot of draft picks with a lot of teams that maybe not wide receivers number one, but is definitely a high priority. And if you got a guy like Chris Olave who falls to the New Orleans Saints at yeah. number 19, how are they gonna pass that up? How are the New Orleans Saints going to pass up Chris Olave at number 19? How are the New England Patriots going to pass up Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson at number 21 right before Green Bay? Yeah. I have a lot. And on top of that, Gutekus has traded up in three of his four drafts to the general manager in the first round. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know how Green Bay doesn't at least try to trade up in this, in this, in the first round of this year's draft um, to maybe that, that, that 12, 12th pick round range, maybe even for the Houston Texans at number 13 if the Texans get what they want at that number four overall pick, uh, excuse me, number three overall pick. Um, and then that way they can, they can leap the, the Saints and the Eagles who both pick twice and the Ravens and the Patriots. They can at least skip a bunch of teams who have, who are wide receiver needy. 
it's almost guaranteed that the, that the Jets take one wide receiver in the first round, but I don't think they'll take two wide receivers with both pick number four and number 10. So you can cross that off the board. I think that, so I'm just, I'm just throwing spitballing, right? I think that, that if you trade up to that 12th round pick that you're going to, you're going to be guaranteed one of those top four guys that we mentioned in this, in this podcast. Uh, and you can leapfrog all of the Eagles and the, and the saints and the Patriots and the, and the Ravens. Um, yeah. When I, when I, when I looked all that over, it, it was frightening. It's, it's going to be, it's going to take a lot, I think, to see a wide receiver that we want that of, of caliber absolutely fall to us at number 22. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good point. I didn't realize there were that many picks in there. And then you also throw in teams that may still may want to add a wide receiver, even if, even if it's not their first need, like the Chargers who are building around Justin Herbert or trying to build that offensive system. They could look to add a wide receiver. It's not, um, they're not before the uh, Packers 20, uh, number 22 pick, but the Titans who are at num- pick number 26. If they trade away uh, A.J. Brown, they could be in the market for a wide receiver. So they, like, like you said, there's a lot of need. You know, there are a lot of wide receivers in this draft, but there's also a lot of need. So it'll definitely be interesting to see uh, what the Packers do. I think that uh, Brian Goodekunst has uh, implied uh, in the past, over this past offseason, that they are going to be willing to be aggressive. Um, I'm assuming that's going to be as the situation presents itself, as the board falls and they kind of see how it develops. Um, but It's going to be a lot of fun to see on Thursday night. So McQuaid, uh, you didn't have anything else, correct? No, that was it. All right. Well, I didn't have anything else either. I think we are good to go here. Ready to uh, get to the draft in a little, in a little under a week. Uh, Looking forward to it. Um, I know that I think that I believe that Packernet, the Packernet network is doing a uh, live stream. I'm not sure if it's on YouTube or what, but uh, to, to the listeners, definitely go check that out. Um, but I want to thank everyone for listening to the Wisconsin Sports Heroics podcast on the Packernet Podcast Network and happy draft week. <laughs>